0: Unless otherwise indicated, all scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188. All rights reserved. Today is April 5th. We're on day 95 of Bible in a Year with Bill. Today, we're going to be looking at Ruth chapters 1 and 2. We're going to jump over to the Psalms and read Psalms 53 and 61. And then we're going to finish off today's reading with 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, if any of you are trying to follow along with the, the reading schedule that I follow here on Bible in a Year with Bill, it is called the Life Journal Daily Reading Schedule. Now... I've, I've recently tried Googling that again, and it's, it's become harder to find. Um, so what I've done is I have put it on the Facebook page, the Bible in a Year with Bill Facebook page. At the top of the, the main page for Bible in a Year with Bill on Facebook there, there's a, a file tab, and I've, I've put it in there as a PDF. And today, like I say, we're on April 5th, day 95 of that So, let's get right into it. Ruth, chapter 1. In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah left his home and went to live in the country of Moab, taking his wife and two sons with him. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other a woman named Ruth. But about ten years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone, without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughters-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughters-in-law, she set out from the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. But on the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, "'Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage.'" Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. No, they said, we want to go with you to your people. But Naomi replied, why should you go with me? Can I still give birth to other sons who could grow up to be your husbands? No, my daughters, return to your parents' homes, for I am too old to marry again. And even if it were possible, and I were to get married tonight and bear sons, then what? Would you wait for them to grow up and refuse to marry someone else? No, of course not, my daughters. Things are far more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord himself has raised his fist against me. And again they wept together, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But ruth replied, Don't ask me to leave and leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. So the two of them continued on their journey. When they came to Bethlehem, the entire town was excited by their arrival. Is it really Naomi? The woman asked. Don't call me Naomi, she responded. Instead, call me Mara, for the Almighty has made life very bitter for me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me home empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has caused me to suffer and the Almighty has sent such tragedy upon me? So Naomi returned from Moab accompanied by her daughter-in-law Ruth, the young Moabite woman. They arrived in Bethlehem in late spring at the beginning of the barley harvest. Ruth, Chapter 2 Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband Elimelech. One day Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, All right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, Who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, She is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. "'Boaz went over and said to Ruth, "'Listen, my daughter, stay right here with us "'when you gather grain. "'Don't go to any other field. "'Stay right behind the young women working in my field. "'See which part of the field they are harvesting, "'and then follow them. "'I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly, "'and when you are thirsty, "'help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well.' "'Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. "'What have I done to deserve such kindness?' she asked. "'I am only a foreigner.' Yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done for your mother in law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. At mealtime Boaz called to her, Come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters, and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, Let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her, and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up, and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day, and when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave her the roasted grain that was left over from her meal. "'Where did you gather all this grain today?' Naomi asked. "'Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you.' So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, "'The man I worked with today was named Boaz.' "'May the Lord bless him,' Naomi told her daughter-in-law. "'He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. "'That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers.' "'Then Ruth said, "'What's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters "'until the entire harvest is completed.' "'Good!' Naomi exclaimed. "'Do as he said, my daughter. "'Stay with his young women right through the whole harvest. "'You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him.' So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer, and all the while she lived with her mother-in-law. Psalms, chapter 53. This is for the choir director. It's a meditation, a psalm of David. Only fools say in their hearts, there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. But no, all have turned away. All have become corrupt. No one does good, not a single one. Will those who do evil never learn? They eat up my people like bread and wouldn't think of praying to God. Terror will grip them, terror like they have never known before. God will scatter the bones of your enemies. You will put them to shame, for God has rejected them. Who will come from Mount Zion to rescue Israel? When God restores his people, Jacob will shout with joy, and Israel will rejoice. Psalms Chapter 61. This is for the choir director. It's a psalm of David to be accompanied by stringed instruments. O God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, a safe beneath the shelter of your wings. For you have heard my vows, O God. You have given me an inheritance reserved for those who fear your name. Add many years to the life of the king. May his years span the generations. May he reign under God's protection forever. May your unfailing love and faithfulness watch over him. Then I will sing praises to your name forever as I fulfill my vows each day. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us, so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God, who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I'm sorry for my voice today. And so, Heavenly Father, I pray that you would bless the reading of your word today. Thank you for your word. You know, reading 2 Corinthians chapter 5 right now really makes me long for that new body that is promised us. These past few days with this flu I've been dealing with really solidifies my hope in a future in glory. (laughs) It's funny, my immediate family and myself made it through the pandemic virtually unscathed. And I actually thought that I was maybe one of those lucky people who just couldn't get COVID. Well, today I took a test just out of curiosity, and wouldn't you know it, I'm COVID positive. The test kit itself was expired, so I found another one from a different manufacturer, positive as well. Can't win them all, I guess. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these earthly bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God Himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, He has given us His Holy Spirit. You know, I really want to send out a heartfelt thank you for all the love and well wishes many of you have offered on the Bible in a Year with Bill Facebook page. I'm absolutely blown away by the support shown by all of you. Thank you so much for being a part of this Bible in a Year journey with me. I hope to see you all tomorrow. Take care now.